We are here to talk about all aspects of film, good or bad, from the perspective of wannabe filmmakers. Every episode, we'll dig into a movie, a performer, a director, or whatever in an attempt to unpack themes, rank favorites, and discuss successes and failures. The goal, in part, as amateur filmmakers, is to walk away with a lesson about the medium in each episode. This is the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. This is Greg. Hello. And I'm Matt. So let's chat. Everyone likes a murder mystery. Whether it's Harrison Ford searching for the man who killed his wife in The Fugitive or just another episode of CSI Miami, there is something about searching for a murderer that is always engaging. But having all the possible suspects and the murderer in the same room takes the murder mystery and allows the viewer to become part of it as they can actively guess who the killer could be. Looking at the list of whodunit movies, there are so many good ones and very few bad ones, which leads me to believe that putting the whodunit trope in a movie is similar to putting time travel in a movie. It's such a cool concept that even if your movie is shit, the trope will at the very least bring it up to mediocrity. However, this trope has been used so often that there are not too many more exciting ways to keep this old-fashioned trope feeling fresh. Enter Ryan Johnson director of the critically acclaimed films Brick and Looper, and, you know, he also directed Star Wars The Last Jedi. Johnson is great at taking tired ideas like the whodunit mystery and time travel and putting a creative spin on them in order to create something you have never seen before. That is the case for today's movie, which is easily one of the most original whodunit movies Greg and I have seen in a very long time. Without further ado, let's talk about Knives Out. Hey, hey, what did you mean by that? That Last Jedi comment. That's a really good movie. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> it's it's fine. It's it's you know, it's a Star Wars movie, I guess. If you want to okay. talk to it, yeah, no, it's it's fine. I liked it. I liked it. It's it's not for everyone. No, I I, I mean like I don't even know why I'm shitting on it. I don't even dislike <laughs> it that much. It's just. I don't know. You know, it, it was it was one of those movies where it was like, <laughs> it felt like J.J. Abrams was like teaching like <laughs> Ryan Johnson how to make a cake. He's like, you know, you got to kind of get your hands in there and you got to kind of, you know, mix it all together. And Ryan Gosling, Ryan, uh, I almost said Ryan Gosling and then Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Johnson was like, oh, you mean like this? And then he took the bowl and threw it on the ground. And J.J. Abrams was like. No, no, let me fucking make this cake. And then it was ruined. I agree, but he threw the cake mix onto a canvas and hung it on a wall in a museum. And it's a modern piece of art now. (laughs) (laughs) He did. I mean, it's a fun movie. I had a fun time watching it. It just doesn't really feel like a Star Wars movie. But I I will say Knives Out is a lot tighter. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for getting me crucified before we even started talking about the movie (laughs) of the day. Um Every Star Wars fan listening is gonna fucking kick my ass, or I'm gonna be, or I'm gonna be praised as the next fucking Yoda because I just said that. So that's true. It could go either know. way with Star Wars fans. Oh man, dude, I feel like Marie Antoinette at the end of Marie Antoinette. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh god. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah, no. Um, so what do you? I okay. It, it's both fair to say that we both really liked Knives Out. Would that be fair to say? Oh yeah, I love it. Uh, yes, so do I. The first time I saw it, I saw it with my girlfriend when we were first starting to, to go out. And we saw it in theaters, and we both liked it, but we didn't, like, absolutely love it. Um, mm. It's a different... We'll get into the tropes in a second. This is going to be very spoiler-heavy for Knives Out, so yeah. <laughs> beware. Um, but it's an interesting movie, um, and I enjoy I enjoyed it when I saw it, but I didn't. I didn't 
love it, you know? And I think it's because it's not really, I don't really think of it as that much of a whodunit movie, to be completely honest. I don't really yeah. feel like it's a whodunit movie. So He definitely took took the tropes and spun them around in a lot mm-hmm. of interesting ways, which is kind of like Ryan Johnson's shtick, is just taking something you know and going, yeah, but what if it's like this? And, you know, yeah. shaking it up. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I liked the comedy in it, and I thought that that was kind of cool. It's a weird movie to me, too, though, because it's not really a whodunit, but it is. But And it's also, it's it's not really a comedy, but it also is. Like, I don't really know if I would consider this a comedy. but It's like, got funny moments and funny yeah. actors. This movie is it's just weird because, like... It's too funny to not be a comedy, but it's not really funny enough to be a comedy. But the style of it seems like a comedy, but the plot doesn't seem like a comedy, but could yeah. be a comedy. That makes me uh, think I'd, I'd really like to see uh, Ryan Johnson do like a, an action comedy. Because there's moments in this yeah. movie that feel that way, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd definitely be interested, and I think he could kind of flex those muscles. I know he's made comedies. I know he made, like, The Brothers Bloom, and that was a comedy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody saw that movie, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, he did He did make it, so. I could see him do a cool, like, buddy cop thing. I, I could, too. Um, I think the Safdie brothers are doing the new 48 Hours, and I, I, I don't really know about that. Like, we all know how I feel about Uncut Gems. We all yeah. know that I love it, but... 48 hours i don't know maybe ryan johnson would be a cool cool Hmm. director to kind of tackle that um speaking of star wars maybe if they pull a fucking solo and are like hey christopher lord and uh phil lord and chris miller well why don't we just take you and replace you with somebody else maybe they can take out the safety brothers and replace them with uh replace them with ryan johnson i I think either way we would win I think either way we would win. I, 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 it'd be kind of cool to see a comedy that's, you know, super close up on, you know, <laughs> the faces of Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. This like super fucking intense for an action comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, pulling it back to Knives Out. Um, I rewatched this movie kind of knowing what it is. And sometimes that's just the way it is with me. Sometimes I just got to see a movie twice and then I can really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. I started watching this and I just kind of fell in love with it. I, I thought this movie was fucking great. Um, I even say it was fucking awesome. I, I fucking I love this. This is a really good movie. Yeah, it really I, I, I liked it when I first saw it in theaters. But I like you, I didn't start loving it until a few rewatches because mm-hmm. You really start to notice when you know where the train's going, where the final stop is, you start to see that even even every joke, every line, every every piece of detail adds adds to the final mystery. So there's not mm-hmm. a wasted moment throughout the whole movie. It's so it's the script and the directing is are so strong because it really seems like Johnson knows exactly what he needs to do in every moment to move the plot forward and to set something up for later without it feeling like that's what you're getting. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't feel like he's like, I'm putting this here and you're like, why, why is that happening? And he's like, just, just wait, you'll see. Yeah. It feels like everything feels natural. Nothing in this movie feels, um, like, um, it doesn't feel like that's, Oh, that's going to come back. Like that's a planting. I'm waiting for that to come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. 
Um, and like, what's that old theater thing where it's like, if you got a gun on the wall, you got to use it by the third act or whatever. Yeah. Chekhov's so, gun. Chekhov's gun. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, that, I didn't even like realize that until we've just been talking about it now that when they're interviewing people at the beginning of this movie, they're literally sitting on a chair that has a bunch of knives sticking out of it. Yeah. And they say that, um. Chris Evans' character can't tell the difference between a fake knife and a real knife. Yes, that's right. And at yeah. the end, that's like, again, you don't see it coming. I was in shock when I was watching in theaters like, oh, God, he's going to kill her. But he can't yeah. tell the difference that it's a yeah. fake knife. <laughs> exactly. I just I, I'm actually disappointed because I wanted to sit down and watch it um, last night. But, um, you know, I had to I had to watch Kirsten Dunst movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Hey, lover, we we figured this out. We we like her now, you know, um, at least to an extent. But um, I'd watch Knives Out ten times though before I'd ever watch Wimbledon again. Oh, <laughs> I'd watch Knives Out twenty times before I'd even watch fucking you know Melancholia again. Then again, I feel like that's pretty universal. You know, I don't think anybody. I don't think I think people would prefer a murder mystery comedy um, with Chris Evans and. Daniel Craig before they would watch, you know, Depression, the movie, um, <laughs> for two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, <clears throat> it's kind of a lot to ask. But anyway, um, we talked a little bit about Knives Out and that we love this movie and that, you know, it does take the whodunit trope and kind of spin it on its head. But um, we haven't really talked about the whodunit movie itself and the whodunit trope. So what are your thoughts on the whodunit movie? Well, I've I've never been that big of a fan of the traditional ones, like that kind of Agatha Christie type of story. Like I see their merit, but mm-hmm. it does also feel I get the appeal because as a viewer you want to watch and keep guessing what's gonna happen, who did it, this is my theory. Yeah. Um but it does often feel and this can be a good thing for some people, but it feels to me very much like here's our dominoes set. We're going to set it in motion and guess where it's going to land. I think some of the tropes are, of course, you have a a detective who's the best and who notices all the details that no one else notices. Yeah. Um, You have a mansion of rich people, probably white. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's true. It is. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, the the person with a will or who who owns the property being murdered yeah usually old usually the patriarch of the family yeah yeah uh in this in this case it's uh canada's favorite christopher Plummer, mm-hmm. one of the greatest actors ever yeah um yeah oh my god so good you ever see the silent partner that movie no oh man this is old canadian heist movie you got to check it out it's so good uh christopher come christopher oh god Christopher Plummer is the bad guy in it, and he's so good in it. But um, you know, this guy's yeah, yeah man. This guy's one of the best, Canadian. and he's been the best for so long. But um, but yeah, no, uh, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Sprawling, sprawling cast. cast. Yeah. You have to have a sprawling cast in a murder mystery because there has to be a roster exactly. Of people yeah, to choose from. So Knives Out has literally all of those things, but doesn't yeah, do anything. I think that might be think. why I didn't like it the first time I saw it, because um, I was so pumped. Like, I heard mm. that there was going to be, like, a whodunit murder mystery, and it starred <clears throat> Ana de Armas, Daniel Craig, 
Lakeith Stanfield. Chris, uh, did I say Chris Evans already? I'll say it again, Chris Evans, or if I did or not. Tony Collette, when I'm, <laughs> he's in it, he's in it twice. He's yeah. in it twice. <laughs> uh, he plays two roles. Does he? Who knows? Um, he, um, you got Tony Collette, one of my favorite actresses. You got uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, another one of my favorite actresses. Uh, Ana de Armas too is also one of my favorite actresses. I just need to make that clear. And also, this is great because this is the mm-hmm. first time I feel like she, she wasn't seen as like the hot chick in the movie like i feel like she was finally like kind of because i've always yeah. liked her and i've always thought that she was a good actress but you know in war dogs and knock knock and everything else she's been in, i feel like people are like yeah she's a good actress but also you know she's she's hot you know yeah yeah i definitely i think my first yeah. impression of her was uh blade runner 2049 which was she was very much yeah you know the object of desire there, there but there's are. also a lot of layers of making me believe that like this ai actually has exactly which is something i really like because yeah she's so good and i'm just glad that she was in this movie and got so much to do because i feel like people were like she's like really cute and like i'm not gonna stop saying that because it's just a fact and yeah um she's -hmm. really cute but she's also just like she's a really great actress and i i don't think it's fair just to be like oh yeah she's she's the hot chick from that movie like she's she's good in every single one of her movies and after seeing this i was like man she is she's really phenomenal um and i i i so expressive yeah so expressive and then also i mean like we got to mention the fact that she's super hot you know i know i've said it about 5 times i'm not going to stop mm-hmm. saying it though i don't care she's hot Sorry? <laughs> what do you think of her looks, Matt? I think that she's... <laughs> what do you um, think of her looks? She's got this thing called, um, you know, super hot attractiveness, where, you know, if she walks into a room, I can only look at her. Like, that's kind of that's the kind of thing. Um, yeah. I saw this movie with my girlfriend. We were starting to <laughs> fucking date. It's a surprise. We're still together. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was the conversation, like, after. It's like, but she's so hot. Hey, I kind of like that movie. What did you think? Wow, she was so hot. Oh, whoa. Slow down there, Jim. Holy God. Um, Yeah, no, but... um, Good God. We're only here to, like, 20 minutes in, and all I've done is talk about how hot she is. I gotta get it together here. It's a great cast, yes. But great that's the thing cast. is that there are so many actors I love. Don Johnson, Michael Shannon, uh, Christopher Plummer, uh, Jaden Martell. Why did they all f- slip my mind when I start naming them all? But anyway, there are so many good people in this movie to choose from. <laughs> um, and I like the whodunit movie. I like the Agatha Christie plays and whatnot. I love Mousetrap. That's a really good one. Um, but the thing is, though... <sighs> I think I'm a little like I feel like I like the you said you don't like the traditional who done it. I kind of do because I like being able to guess who it is. Right. And I kind of feel a little cheated when it turns out to be something completely different. You know? Um, for example Yeah, like you can't just put it together yourself from the clues. Yeah. Or they like do something different. Like uh, I'll bring up two examples. One is Scream 3 where the whole point of the Scream movies is that they are killing off all the people. So when a character dies, you're like, "Okay, can't be him." 
can't be them. Yeah, you're crossing them off a list. Yes, exactly. So you're narrowing it down, you're zeroing in, and maybe you're like, oh, maybe it's him, and then he dies, and you're like, well, it can't be him now, now I have to figure it out, you know? And I like to be wrong, but, like, I'm gonna fucking go all out trying to be right, you know? Yeah, it's one thing to be outsmarted by the movie, but it's another thing when... It's just not playing by its own rules. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like Scream 3, for example, a character gets killed and then that character turns out to be the killer and he faked his death, which I'm like, it's like you broke the rules. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, like I get that and that makes sense, but it's kind of not really all that fun. You know, it's like, it's like when you're playing tag or, or you're, you're, yeah, you're playing tag and somebody's like, oh, I, uh, timeout. I, you know, when you get really close to them and they're like, oh, you can't, yeah. you can't get me. I'm, I'm on a timeout. I, I, I took like, oh, like, fuck, that's so frustrating. And it just, it's disappointing. Um, and then the other example I would use is murder on the Orient Express, where it turns out that everybody was in on it. Yeah. So I'm like. What's the fucking point there? Like, yeah. Okay, it's him. Yeah, you're right. It was everybody. Which is funny because that's one a lot of people cite as like one of the all time best. And that, I also have a similar feeling about it yeah. story wise, where I'm like, that's not that satisfying. No. I remember being angry in the theater when I saw the Kenneth Branagh movie. <laughs> I was like, this is so stupid. Like, just me. And then it was so dumb too because it's like, oh man, you see the scene where they're all taking turns stabbing Johnny Depp. And I'm like, look, hey man, I hated Dark Shadows too, but like, come on, this is stupid. <laughs> this is so dumb. Ugh. So yeah, that's that's one. And I don't know, maybe it's because the movie just wasn't all that great either, in my opinion. But I just don't think it's very satisfying when you find out who the killer is and it's just like, who was it? Was it him? Was it Josh Gad? Was it Daisy Ridley? It was all of them. Yeah. Oh, kill me. Just stab me while you're at it. Oh, man. See, that's that's the wrong way to subvert expectations. And what I like about Knives Out is it does it the right way. Because mm-hmm. the movie pulls you in so well by making you forget about the mystery. Yeah. After the first 20 minutes, you think you know the mystery. You're like, okay, so I'm putting that aside. I'm going to stop guessing. And then, you know, more comes to light and it turns out, Mm-hmm. we've been duped yeah but you could still if you kept on guessing you could still figure it out if that makes sense so it's yeah. playing by its own rules yeah but it's also just lulling you into the story so well that you stop guessing yeah i i would agree with that um to an extent because when i first saw this movie i was like i'm gonna start guessing like right away there's not a minute to waste because i'm like when i go to see a whodunit movie i'm like i'm 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 the detective here. Like, I don't give a fuck what Daniel Craig is doing in this movie. I yeah. am the detective. I am the smartest person in this theater. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's how it should make you feel. Yeah, that, that's the goal. Yeah, because it's giving me hints, and I'm like, <gasps> could it be him? Could it be Don Johnson? Because he's cheating on his wife, and Christopher Plummer knows about it. Or um, could it be Tony Collette? Because she's not going to... Um, he's not going to give her any more of his money. And same with Michael Shannon. And, and so... Everybody has the motivation. Exactly. And the thing is, for the first 40 minutes, they don't, I I believe it's about 35 or 40 minutes in that you find out who did it, which is the first thing in this movie where it's, um, you find out early on and that was disappointing the first time, but rewatching it, I mean, you still get a little bit of time to guess because this thing starts right off the bat. It starts with he's dead and being discovered 
and you have some time yeah. to guess. You have some time right off the bat to to guess. Was it Don Johnson? Was it Michael Shannon? Was it Tony Collette? Was it Jamie Lee Curtis? Who was it? You know, it's probably the most effectively opened uh, murder mystery because it it doesn't waste a second. You're getting right into establishing why each character would kill him. Exactly. Exactly. Which I like because I'm like, okay, like I don't know all the specifics, but I know enough here, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they tell you who did it. And then I was like, all right, okay. The first time around. Yeah. Um, But then it turns out by the end, it's like, well, you only know what Marta knows. So you think that she did it by accident. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's something where I was like, oh, okay. Like, all right. Like, there's a little more to the story here. All right. I'm 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 in. I'm in. Um, and it's interesting, too, to rewatch it, knowing more, because it all fits together. It, nothing feels out of place or anything like that. It, it feels very, you know, cohesive and whatnot. It all makes sense and flows really well. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's so great. Like, I just, I love how this movie just starts off at a mile a minute doesn't waste a second gives you clues tells you what it is and i think you were saying before we've talked about this movie recently and you said this movie feels like three different movies yeah yeah because you've got the classic whodunit at the beginning then you've got more of a action thriller Mm -hmm. you've got a comedy kind of a family a troubled family comedy as well in there yeah and then towards the end it's like oh there's actually more to the story um than you initially yeah. thought, you know? So it almost becomes like a murder mystery, just a straight-up murder mystery, not a whodunit, but murder mystery just at the very end of it, where it's like, well, now we're trying to figure out exactly what happened. There's a hole, like, there's there's a donut hole in this movie, yeah. um, in this case, and you're trying to figure out what that is. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, so let's just talk more specifically. What did we like about this movie? I love the script. I think above everything else, it's one that every time I've watched it since, I'm trying to think like a writer and how everything is paced out when things are revealed. Because I think the movie's brilliantly... um, The sequence of events is so brilliantly organized that you never lose focus. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's really good at guiding you emotionally to focus on things that distract from the mystery if that makes sense like yeah. it's so manipulative of the audience in the best way possible i think exactly like you don't feel cheated but you do feel like damn i'm satisfied yeah <laughs> this movie also like i feel like it's not um it doesn't it reveals things to you in a in a way that's um it, it knows the audience is smart like it doesn't it's not condescending you know yeah. i feel like some murder mysteries can be like oh we have to explain this to you because no yeah, yeah like this felt pretty like look we know you're smart okay so yeah you know just yeah and it wasn't like hey try to keep up it was like look we're just gonna tell you what happened like it's not, not a big deal so it that was nice too that the, the that the fact that this movie's very easy to understand but there's also yeah. things that are um that are hidden there where you notice them more on the second viewing like we said earlier about like the um doesn't know the difference between a real and fake knife, a stage knife and a real knife. Which I think is nice because I like when you can rewatch a movie and find more in it and get more out of it. I think that that's yeah. an interesting thing. Um, performances all around in this movie, too. I don't think there's a bad performance in this movie. 
No. no. Um, I, I think at the first time I saw this, I was a little disappointed that um, I feel like all the family members kind of become one giant like entity. Like it doesn't feel like perhaps uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is has that much of a different personality from like Tony Collette or Don Johnson. Like I feel like at, at a point they just become like this force instead of separate characters. But rewatching it, I kind of noticed like, well, no, like one, I think it's the point is that they're kind of supposed to be like an entity that's kind of ganging up on Marta, but mm-hmm. also they are also all playing their roles really well. And they're all having layers to their characters. I mean, you got some of the best actors um, that are working today, like Tony Collette and Michael Shannon, and who's in a yeah, fucking hilarious. Yeah, they're distinguishable role. even because of how recognizable they are. But there is something to your point that they do blend together once their wealth is threatened. Yeah, exactly. Which I think adds to like the theme of the movie, which is sort of like, um, yeah, for sure, the servant can be you're part of the family yeah. until our wealth is threatened. Exactly, and then. We're one unit against you. Exactly, yeah. And I remember I liked this movie, too, because we were talking about it before I rewatched it. And you said, I think you said uh, that you look at this more as a satire on class than as a whodunit, which I can Mm -hmm. really agree with and appreciate because I definitely think that this is a little bit more, um, this has a lot more to talk say about class than about somebody being murdered, you know? Like, I mean, I mean, like, obviously, but... I feel like the characters in this movie that live in the house are very, um, they're very selfish and they're very self-involved and some of them are very racist too. Um, oh yeah. And it's so interesting. There's this one part of the movie that I absolutely love where like, I can't remember who's saying it, but it's one of the family members and they say, oh yeah, no, we loved, we loved having Marta in the family and we loved making her feel included. And, and when they, he's saying that, they show a shot of Don Johnson like waving um, Ana de Armas like into the conversation. And she like comes over and talks to them. And then yeah. later on, you find out that that conversation where um, she was waved into the conversation, um, I think it's told from her point of view or something like that. Yeah. He was like spouting some racist shit. She was basically. spouting some racist shit. They were talking about uh, immigrants. And then they basically wave her in and say, like, see, like, she. Her family did it the right way because they, you know, yeah, came and they they're like, worked. You're one of the good ones. Yeah, you're one of the good ones in the most like condescending, just not politically correct ways that could have possibly been said. So it's yeah, just downright racist. Yeah, so it it does so many things there where it does it in such a cool way where it's like it it pulls back to something and it shows you different perspectives and it shows that the family, in a way thinks what they're saying and doing is right and good. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, to be completely honest, I think that's how most people are when they have opinions like that. I mean, I don't think anybody who's like, you know... It's not the caricature, you know, redneck with a shotgun, right? It's this this subtle sort of racism. You just have these baked-in beliefs that you don't think are wrong. And you think you're doing the right thing. But to someone who who is actually oppressed it's like what the fuck yeah it's very noticeable for them but it's not noticeable for somebody who's you know um had everything kind of handed to them quite literally in this family where like everybody seems to be just um desperate for this man's wealth and for the money in his will you know 
Um, and that's something I like too, because I mean, like, I think if we're talking about like real racism, I don't think anybody who is racist knows or thinks like, Hey, yeah, I'm a racist. So I'm going to do this. Like they obviously, like you said, they're baked in their beliefs and they are very, you know, they're selfish and that's kind of how they think. And they probably, you know, conditioned to think that way because of their surroundings and whatnot. But I don't know. I yeah. just, I, I like that this movie didn't, yeah, do like you said, like the redneck with the shotgun. It's, it's like people who are, they're having a, they feel like they're having a mature discussion at a dinner party. But really what they're doing is they're, they're exercising some of their, um, you know, racist opinions that are just incorrect and not right. So. Yeah, I I love that's my favorite aspect of the movie for sure. I like I like when a movie can get political in a way that really serves the story. Because like I said, I'm not that big of a whodunit fan, but this is a lot more than that. This is a whodunit movie for this generation and this time and place. It's so relevant. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's the one thing I love about this movie is that it's yeah, it, it can go beyond being a um, just a regular whodunit. Like you just said, uh, it, it, it can be so much more satire on class, an action adventure, uh, whodunit, mm-hmm. murder mystery, comedy, just everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's balanced. At no point do I feel like I want more of the other thing. Yeah, no, exactly. I, um, I, I would definitely agree with that. I um. I feel like this is pretty, like the tone is so consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that I, I absolutely love. I I think that's so great. Um, all right. Well, let's get into what we didn't like, maybe. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard, right? There's not really a lot yeah. in this movie that I don't like, you know? Yeah. I don't know if there's anything I would change or, I mean, I, I do think that uh, Daniel Craig's accent isn't that great it's pretty inconsistent um yeah that's true um it's I funny too. the effort yeah it's funny too because he was nominated for like a golden globe for this movie um as was Ana de armas which i'm really happy about because i think she deserved that like totally. yeah um i don't know it's weird because i love him in this movie um the accent is it's a bit silly and cheesy and over the top. I kind of like it though. I don't know why. It suits the character. It suits the he's character. kind of yeah. he's kind of a goof because instead of being like the perfect uh, detective who nothing gets past him, he com- it completely gets past him for like most of the movie. Like exactly, he doesn't yeah. know really what he's doing. Yeah, and you don't. And it's funny at the end because he's like, "Oh, I knew you were the killer all along," but he's like, "I knew there was something to this, to it." You know, there's something more to it. And I, I like, I get what you mean. Like, there's there's definitely, he's kind of a goof. And I like that a lot. I like that yeah. he's kind of, like, I don't know, he's kind of a goofy character. But I, I dig it. I, I, I like that he's this goofy, goofy guy. And um, his, his accent, I don't know. Sorry? So I was just going to say his whole thing where, like, he he keeps on building and building like he clearly loves himself and he loves the detective role and he just like won't say who did it and how they did it he just keeps on leading up to it and leading up to it i think that's exactly yeah. his character he loves being a detective and he just wants to live in a murder mystery yeah exactly that's what i think too and i just love that another thing too is i i just like his character because um i mean like we just talked about how all the other characters in this movie are so self-involved and so mm-hmm. selfish, 
I feel like he's kind of like you just said, he really loves being a detective. So he's kind of self-involved, but he's so likable because he's not self-involved in a bad way, you know? Yeah. Because it's not a bad thing to love yourself. In fact, that's a good thing. But like this guy loves himself. Like he like, (laughs) he's like, I'm the fucking best that there is. And there's like so much here where I'm just, I'm the greatest. Like I'm, I'm better than everybody else. And I just find that really funny. He's so theatrical and like, look at me, solve a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Right. And he's so likable too, because he also does stick up for Ana de Armas and yeah, he seems to be the only one who doesn't like talk down to her. Or treat her like shit. Um, yeah. Other yeah, than he, you know, he doesn't suspect her because he he respects her and he yeah. wants to work with her. Yeah, and I think that's the thing too because I also think because um, he says like, oh, I knew you did it from the moment I saw you because there was like blood on her shoe, and I think that's interesting because I like that he knows that she didn't do it or at least didn't do it on purpose or knows that there's more to the story. Yeah, because. He's going to overturn everything. Yeah, because he's like, I know there's a bigger reason for this. Like, I know you just didn't do it like you were like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, he knows she's a good person. And that's the part of the movie that I always find really touching is I just love that he's he's so kind to her and so nice. And he's like, I just like, I know you're a good person and you're you're a better person than all of these people. And Mm. you really did nothing wrong. Um she was too good at her job. <laughs> she was too good at her job. Yeah, and then that's the thing that's sad at the end, where you find out like Christopher Plummer actually would have survived if he yeah. had just listened to Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. Yeah. I don't even know how you say her name, so I might I might be pronouncing it totally wrong. But anyway, um, it's it's better than me calling her haughty, you know, the whole time. You know, like like you know, it's twenty twenty. Let's be respectful here. Um, but yeah. I think that she's great in this movie and um, he's their chemistry is great. Like, I love that they are kind of working together and that's something mm-hmm. I really like. I like how we were trying to talk about things we didn't like in this movie and we started yeah. talking about things that we liked again. Um, <laughs> but I definitely pretty, I see what you mean with yeah. the accent. But like you said, like it adds to the character. Yeah. And it adds to the kind of tone. I feel like this movie has like almost like a campy cheesy mm. tone almost to it yeah um and it's just fun like it just has a fun fun tone to it that i love watching um and it's just even like even with the first time when i didn't like love this movie just that tone though is is it's like it's like contagious like laughter where you're just like ugh. like hey like i don't know what we're laughing about but i'm having a good time you know yeah. I might not love this movie. I might not love that it's not a whodunit because, I mean, any other movie, I would have been pissed for the rest of the movie. I would have been like, fuck you, you fucking assholes. You're going to fucking lie to me in the trailers. How dare yeah. you? This, I was still having a good time. I was like, you know what? Let's try and enjoy what what the rest of this movie is. And um, especially after the second time, I really enjoyed it. Really yeah. had a good time. Yeah, it's a, it's a ton of fun. I really oh, yeah. don't think there's any major flaws with it. No, no, nothing's perfect, but yeah. nothing comes to my mind either. This is one of one of my favorite, you know, tight movies, you know, in terms of in that league with stuff like Mad Max or oh, um, yeah. like Mad Max Fury Road and and Terminator 2. Like those kinds of movies are just tight the whole way through. Yeah, exactly. Right. I love that there's never like a dull moment in this movie. Mm hmm. 
This reminds no me a little bit of holes. like thinking about movies of last year. It kind of reminds me of like Parasite, where um, I was looking at all my like movies and stuff, and I was like, I want to watch something. And like every movie I would get to, I'd be like, yeah, I, I'd look, I'd be down to watch that. But like, there's that one part in that where they're, you know, they're they're sitting down and talking. That's really boring, and I don't really want to do that. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't really want to sit through that right now. But when I got the parasite, I'm like, well, there's not a scene in this movie that I wouldn't enjoy watching, or that yeah. I'd be bored watching because every scene is so energetic and so interesting. And I can say the exact same about Knives Out. Yeah. I think there's some parallels there in terms of their their meanings and their themes too, about yeah. class. Not so much race, but definitely class and wealth oh, yeah. and the that symbol of like the the home and property. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a big part of both films. That's true. That would be an interesting comparison too. Um, but yeah, no, I I I mean, I love both of these movies. I love Knives Out. I love Parasite. Um, yeah, Parasite. I mean, is probably a better movie just yeah yeah i i think parasite's better but only because it's not because we've seen a whodunit but we haven't seen anything like parasite no it feels was, so fresh that was wacky that that was the greatest double feature i've ever seen though where i watched jojo rabbit and then a couple hours later saw parasite like damn that was a yeah. good back-to-back what a what a fucking day that was just downtown toronto movie theaters man miss them miss them yeah. so much me too. Glad I got my little JoJo Parasite uh, double feature in there while I could. <laughs> Before the end of movie theaters. Before the end of the world, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just nervous. Like, what's the first movie I'm going to see in the theaters when the uh, theaters come back? You know, it's probably going to be January 2021 and all the movies are going to be shit again. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, N- Nolan refuses to push back Tenet, which is a shame. <laughs> yeah. Is he still releasing it in theaters? What's going on there? He keeps trying. It's like every two weeks he reschedules, <laughs> which is just like, man, I know you like theaters, but just wait. Yeah, just push <laughs> no it back. No one's going to get the virus for a Nolan movie. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, I love Christopher Nolan, but, um, you know, I can fucking wait to see a ten- to see Tenet. I'll just watch it like, fuck it, I'll build my own movie theater just to watch it. Then, <laughs> yeah. I, then I would to just pay $10 to go during the fucking coronavirus. I mean, Yeah, geez. get a projector. <laughs> Do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but anyway, back to this. Um, I don't think that, the only thing I can really think of is some of the performances. Like, um, they're not bad performances. They just you don't see a lot of them. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's so many people in this movie that they don't all quite get a chance to shine. But um, yeah. It's a lot better in this movie than it is in uh, Gosford Park, which we're going in, which in a few minutes we'll relate this to. Um, yeah, I was yeah. definitely thinking of that. Yeah, this is like I can keep track of everything going on. Um, yeah, there's not a bad performance in this movie. It's, it's actually quite impressive because usually there's like the the weak link in a movie that's stacked like this. But yeah, there's bound um, to be in in a yeah. massive ensemble. But. these these are all like prestige performers yeah who would you say just to have a little bit of fun here the top five performances in this movie what do you think they are Ooh, ooh, ooh. i mean chris evans is just it's awesome to see him play an asshole it's been so long oh yeah right you know he's cap he's just cap now he's cap yeah but i loved him as as ransom and then marta was great and 
definitely i think she's the best part of this movie i think she's the the heart and soul of this movie um mm-hmm. yeah uh don johnson was really great I as yeah as oh, like man. that that real life you know ignorant republican basically he's like <laughs> oh i saw hamilton i understand race <laughs> like, <laughs> oh it's man it's so funny i love i love him um he's in brawl and cell block 99 by the way i keep telling you Ooh. about that movie yeah i know he's good he's in dragged across concrete as well um if you're listening get yourself some uh some action movies with vince vaughn you know Mm-hmm. It's hey guys, yeah, I'm in prison that. right now. I gotta beat some people up. All right, we gotta get up to the top. Cell Block 99. Yeah, we gotta beat some people up. All right, all right. Yeah, money, baby, money. Let's fucking kill some motherfuckers. <laughs> boom, boom. You know, I'm working on that's gonna be hard to shake out of my head when I'm actually watching. <laughs> um, oh, I also really liked, even though she didn't have that many moments, Catherine Langford. In the movie. She's good, yeah. Yeah, because she's like that, again, on the opposite end of the spectrum from um, Don Johnson's character, where she's clearly politically left, but still there's like that intrinsic learned uh, racism in her, yeah. like despite being, you know, this this educated person who clearly thinks they understand what's going on. 100%. Is still yeah. like casually racist and contributes to to the family yeah. being shitty. So I thought that was, that was really cool. There were some layers there that I wasn't expecting. I was I like, Oh, she's the good one. And then it's like, Oh, are, do we all need to maybe reconsider how we think about these issues? It was yeah. cool. That's, that, I liked her character a lot because yes, she is, she's good, but I feel like she's the good one in the family, but you know, her family still kind of brings her in. Um, I didn't notice as much the first time I saw it. Um, but there's a scene at the end where she apologizes to Marta and she's like, I'm so sorry. Like my family just kind of like got in the way. And I like that moment because kind of redeemed her a little bit, you know, like not completely, but I felt like, you know, like she's not perfect, but she's trying a lot harder than anybody else in her family. And I like that. I I, I like that. She's trying to be a better person and trying to understand her own um, biases and, her own flaws and i think she does a really good job with that i haven't seen a lot of her movies so i'm glad that um that what do you call it i'm glad that um she got a chance to shine in this movie especially mm-hmm. with the limited screen time that she has yeah yeah that's true because she's not in it much but i still got like a full sense of character of like wants to do well is oh, in a family where be- like that's just not the behavior anyone expects <laughs> Oh, yeah. And who would you say is the fifth uh, best performance? Michael Shannon, only because I'm so used to him being such an intimidating dude. Like, he is so intimidating, but he's such a wimp in this. He's so, like, emasculated and just, like... I don't know, pathetic. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember laughing so hard in the theater. Um, If I was making a top five list, I would definitely say... um, Ana de Armas, Catherine Langford, Michael Shannon, Chris Evans as well. Uh, I'd also say Daniel Craig. I just, I love him. I love him mm, when he steps yeah. out of James Bond. Um, and Chris Evans, I love when he steps out of Captain America. That's the thing with these big actors who are known for doing one big role. It's great to see them step out of their comfort zone and do something different. Um, yeah. 
But back to Michael Shannon, I just fucking love that scene where he gets up and he has like a cane in this movie mm-hmm. um, where he gets up and he's like, all right, you want to tussle like that part is so fucking <laughs> funny because it's, it's like, what are you going to do is General Zod? And you're like, what? Why is he like a wimp in this movie? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, no, it's so funny because it because it reminds me we were talking about Adam Sandler recently, like in Punch Drunk Love, how it's like, man, he feels like an emasculated kind of guy because usually he's like the happy Gilmore, like. He's the guy who's maybe was the bully in high school. Yeah. But in that movie, he was the bullied. This is funny because this is like that, except the 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 pendulum, the swing is so much harder because, you know, he wasn't a bully. He was General fucking Zod, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And in a this, planet destroyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> planet destroyer versus just let me make the movie adaptation of the book. Just, yeah. just let me do it you know i find that so funny how hard that pendulum swings because um when it hits it hits hard he is so yeah. funny in this movie and he nailed it like he nailed i it. he disappeared for me oh yeah i think he's tried to uh branch out and do like comedies before and he's had like little bit roles i know he was in that seth rogan movie the night before or something like that oh yeah yeah i never really liked that movie never really never really found it all that funny unfortunately but um yeah i agree but it is. I do like it when actors uh, of his caliber, known for serious, intimidating roles, take on something so goofy and silly like that. Definitely. Yeah. Man, I love that we keep trying to talk about things we didn't like, and it just leads into, <laughs> yeah, well, I loved this, so... You it's know, true. There's, there's a lot to love about this. There's a lot to love. There's not a lot to not like. Um, yeah. Already, yeah. Is there any uh, symbolism that you see in this movie that, that we haven't talked Absolutely. about? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it a bit, but property for sure. And property is like a sign of wealth. Oh, yeah. And that at the end of the film, her ultimate success is to stand on the balcony with them on the outside. And she's got the mug from the start of the movie, My House, My Rules. Oh, I yeah. I think that is the 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 most significant piece of of symbolism in the film because everything really is the drama really comes not from the murder, but from wealth and property being threatened and the way the, you know, a rich generation um, who, who would inherit the wealth react to someone who they consider an outsider to have it. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. This movie feels almost like it's a, it's a sad, like we've talked already about like, this is definitely like a satire on class and all that. It almost feels like that's kind of the thing is that this is in the body of a movie that's a whodunit, you know? It feels like mm-hmm. a like yes, it has the conventions of a whodunit, but it's not really a whodunit. It's 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 definitely very heavily a, a satire on class and I just love that about the movie. And I think that's again like why I didn't love it the first time is because I was like, Okay, who done it? Like we're gonna we're gonna figure out who right. murdered the christopher Plummer, but the movie's not really interested in that it's like look we we, yeah here's let's play the little guessing game okay he that's who killed him or who you think killed him but like Mm -hmm. let's take a second and talk about the class here because i mean that's what's really important and i mean you can like you've said before a whodunit is it's been done you know yeah it's been done to death quite literally no pun intended um (laughs) but it's class that's really important with this movie and i mean like what better 
movie genre than a whodunit, which has right. like like the will and the old guy, the patriarch of the family, and inheriting money and all yeah. that stuff. What better genre than a whodunit murder mystery to show and satirize that type of class and whatnot? Definitely, because it's a, the genre is so steeped in old white wealth, basically, <laughs> right? Exactly. So to have that be just to have that be the part of the thesis of the movie instead of just like set dressing. It's not just the set anymore. It's what it's about. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I like, and I, I like that this the murder just becomes kind of like background noise at some points because it's like, look, this is about fucking class, you know? It's about getting money. Um, and that's the thing, too. Like, does anybody in this movie really seem all that upset that Christopher Plummer died? No. no. And that's except the thing. The, except the, the working class, you know, lady. Like, the, exactly. the Ana de Armas' character, Marta. She's the only one who's freaking rocked by this. Yeah. And that's the thing. Because, like, I mean, does anybody else really know her dad? Like, or no, know no. the father? Nobody knows him as well. No. And I mean, like, that makes sense. And then, like, obviously, he leaves the entire fortune to her and whatnot. And that's what I find so interesting is because nobody really had that relationship with him. And the only person who did was the killer, Chris Evans. Right. Spoiler alert if I haven't already said that. <laughs> um, don't sue us, all right? You just, you should have seen fucking Knives Out already. So it's not our fault. It was spoiled, okay? Um,. I think it's interesting what you just brought up because um, the reason maybe why none of the family are as close to him is because their relationship with him is primarily through money. Exactly. Whereas Marta doesn't, she's not in this to inherit anything. She has no idea that that's what he he's going to do. Exactly. So she's just close to him because they're friends and because, you know, obviously she works for him. She's employed by him, mm -hmm. but there's, there's more to it than just the money for her. 100%. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was getting at. It's just, it's all about money for uh, Michael Shannon and whatnot. I mean, like, you see all of their conversations at the beginning of the movie. The only one who maybe has a better relationship is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who seemed to have, like, that thing where they would kind of send messages to each other. Mm hmm. But at the same time, it's based on money. The relationship is based on money. The only difference is it's based on money less than the other ones are um, right but so she also yeah. it's clear that she started her business because of his investment too so maybe that's why she's not as worried about the money is because she's already done something with it exactly yeah and that's why like i mean we talked about michael shannon like his, his character is so emasculated because i mean like he doesn't do any of his own shit yeah you know he, he it's all just uh in Literal, like not even just the money at that point. It's just the fucking art itself that his that um man. How many f bombs have I dropped this episode? My God, what? I don't think that many. What's God? Is this the four cups of coffee where I'm just like ah fucking shit? You know, you just uh <laughs> um the art is even inherited at this point because he's just doing uh, movie right. adaptations and whatnot. Like it's not even um like he's doing his own stuff or like he's it's not even like he's doing the adaptations it's not like he's a movie director who's making adaptations of his dad's work he's yeah. just the guy who's just totally um hanging off the coattails of his father's wealth which yeah, is he like, inherited the art yeah yeah 
I'm keeping that. That was a good thing. I, I can't believe I said that. That was like that was really good. That was really That's good. Smart. Yeah, I'm proud. We can finish the podcast like for good now because I just <laughs> said that one line and I feel really good about it. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, that's the thing, yeah. You bring you bring up a good point, though. Marta is really the only one who has any connection to him on a personal level and not on a uh, financial kind of level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there any other symbolism that you can see besides like class or anything like that? I think I think that one is overwhelmingly the the biggest part of the movie. If if we think of it like an essay, that's definitely the thesis. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's the thesis in the first two paragraphs of the argument, easily. Yeah, um, and the rest is just wrapped up in a whodunit. Yeah, exactly. I just, yeah, I love, I love how this movie is just wrapped up in a complete bow, bow, and it's um, done so well. So, speaking of this film, we're gonna get into. Um, I guess I mean it, I, I don't really know if there's any other symbolism we can kind of unwrap, but um, let's maybe get into. Um, our comparison for the day, which is Gosford Park. Yeah, I think it actually does kind of relate symbolically because they're clearly trying to do something about, you know, working class versus the the wealthy class, the upper class. 100%. Right? Yeah. But it just, they it's, it's incomprehensible. I don't think the thesis is as tight. If we yeah. keep going with that uh, metaphor. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of glad you feel the same way I did because I was nervous. Like, oh, man, like getting on here. I was like, man, Greg's going to be like, this movie was so good. And I'm going to be like, I don't know what the fuck was happening. You know, um, <laughs> no, so, I was lost. I was there was so one lost. character I recognize with well, two because Clive Owen is iconic. But him and the Scottish girl who was in Trainspotting. Oh, yeah. Kelly McDonald. Yes. Those yeah. were the only two characters that I genuinely like, you know. I was like, oh yeah, I saw them in an earlier scene. I know who that is. Every other character, I was like, I'm, I'm just lost. Yeah, and it's funny because those characters really feel like the Ana de Armas and Chris Evans of this movie. Mm, you know, yeah. Um, you know, because Clive Owen did it in a way, like he, he half did it. You know, yeah, he um, thinks he did it. Also, did you were you able to guess the killer? I said as soon as Clive Owen's character was um, introduced, I was like, okay, Clive Owen did it. <laughs> Because he just, they shot him as like dark, mysterious. He smokes a cigarette where he shouldn't smoke a cigarette. He doesn't want to talk about his past. Like, yeah. So that's what I thought. Yeah. And then, you know, it turns out that he kind of, like, he did, but he then would've. the movie also, yeah, yeah he, he, he did, but he didn't. Yeah. Someone else did it before he did. Yeah. Which is kind of similar to Knives Out, crazily enough, because um, yeah. Chris Evans did it, but he didn't really do it because he. He poisoned him, but then it was accidentally misplaced, and then he wasn't poisoned, and then Christopher Plummer killed himself, so it really was a suicide. Yeah. But then Chris Evans also, like, killed some other people, so that was, that's why he goes to prison. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's actually kind of an interesting kind of thing there. But, um, yeah, no, those were the only two characters that I liked in the movie, really, because um, I wasn't sure what, I, I knew Clive Owen did it. Um, it was fucking so obvious. Um, <laughs> didn't know Helen Mirren did it. Yeah, no. That also felt kind of out of nowhere, like, but by the way, what, yeah. she was his mom, right? Like, Something like that, Or is that what they yeah. were saying? Or she knew the mom? I think I think that's what it was. I think she was the mom or knew the mom. Yeah. Yeah. That, that felt kind of out of nowhere. It's like, just at the very end, like, here's some exposition to explain. Yeah. Like... 
What I didn't like is <sighs> this movie is two hours and 20 minutes long. Um, Gosford Park. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about Knives Out is that it's opening scene, dead. Yeah. You know? It's, it's not fucking around. Like, I thought it was going to be like, okay, we're going to get like five, ten minutes at least. Mm-hmm. Get introduced, whatnot, and then boom, he's going to die. No, it's like he's dead already. I was like, oh, okay, we're just going to hop yeah. right in. Okay, which is cool. Which is smart for an audience who knows. It's a whodunit. Yeah. Someone yeah. will die. You need to just, you need to be on the audience's level. You need to be right there with them. Exactly. So, like, this whole hour, this first hour of this movie, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for the guy to die. All right? Yeah. I feel like a goddamn sociopath an hour into this movie. I'm like, why has no one died yet? Somebody somebody better fucking die or I'm going to jump in the movie and kill them myself. Like, I just feel like a fucking yeah. psychopath. Um, we were wa- I was watching this with Emma and she fell asleep and I was literally, like, on the verge, too. But I just stayed awake because I had to get through it. Yeah. She fell asleep. She wakes up an hour into the movie and she's like, has anyone died yet? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> that was her first question. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... That uh, also disappointed the hell out of me because it's like the movie is behind the audience, basically. Like, pretty much, why are, yeah. why are we ahead of you, movie? Yeah, this is ridiculous. Um, so annoying. Because uh, I, you have such a good cast, too. You got Kristen Scott Thomas. You got Ryan Phillippe, Bob Balaban, Maggie Smith, Helen Mirren, mm-hmm. Clive Owen, Kelly McDonald, uh, Michael Gambon. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't care. And then there was, like, people who popped up, and I'd be like, who is that again? What's their personality? Who are yeah. they? What the fuck is the deal with Ryan Phillippe in this movie? I don't know. Can you explain what was going on there? I have no idea. And like when you contrast that with Knives Out, the first after the first five minutes of Knives Out, you're like, I know why they would kill. Yeah. It's established. But this, it's like, what does anyone want? Yeah. Like. Exactly. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just so like. I get it. Michael Gambon is an asshole. Like I like I would want to kill him too. But like. Right. I don't know, which I also think is interesting in relationship to, in relation to Knives Out because like I feel like everybody in this movie is pretty likable compared to him because he's pretty unlikable. Yeah, um, it's funny because in Knives Out, Christopher Plummer is so likable. Like he's yeah. he's you know he's he's always likable. I mean, let's be honest, he's he's so handsome. So that's that adds <laughs> to it. Um, <laughs> Like, he also just plays, like, a lovable dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love doing that, too. I love being like, oh, yeah, he's so hot, you know? People are like, he's, like, fucking 90. I'm like, yeah, but... He's a hot 90. Hot Hotness has no age. Four cups of coffee gets me real riled up. I don't know what the deal is today. A lot of a lot of fucks, a lot of talking about hotness. I don't know what's going on. Um, all that hot coffee. Hot coffee. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, this is... um. This was what would you rate this movie out of like ten stars? Gosford Park. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's well made. The yeah. person behind, the man behind the camera, Robert Altman, knows how to make a movie. Exactly. There's no denying that. Yeah. I would never rewatch it though. I'd have I'd have to give it like a five for that. It's boring. Yeah, I'd put it, give it like a five too because it's okay uh, for me. And it's yeah, it's like well made and well shot. It's just. Ugh. So whatever, you know, I will say like one thing that is endearing about this movie is like I'm bored, but 
I didn't mind having it on, you know? Like, I kind of went on my phone and whatnot, but I was like, it's okay in the background, you know? Like, whatever. Yeah. Why was this nominated for Best Picture? Maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's just because, like, for our attention spans or something, we need a movie that's more exciting, more quippy, right? Yeah. But I don't know, like, because I will sit through a slow burn. I like a good slow burn. I I love... I love stuff like 2001. This, to me, just didn't have anything to back up that slowness. There wasn't an atmosphere that I was like, ooh, I want to spend more time in this moment. It's just like, get to the killing. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, I I wouldn't have minded if this was a slow burn. Like, if it was an hour into the movie, like, I actually, I wouldn't mind if, like, you almost forgot about the fact that this was gonna, that this was a whodunit. Like, somebody was gonna die Mm -hmm. here. The thing, the, my issue with it is that, like, there's so many people in this movie. So it would, yeah. it would cut back to them. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're in this movie. Like, yeah. I felt like I was watching in, like, fucking Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve. You remember those? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah, Zach Efron's in this. Like, what's going on, you know? <laughs> Taylor Lautner, who invited him? Like, what's, what's going yeah. on? It's like um, the whodunit version of one of those giant <laughs> rom-coms. Yeah, it's like the cast of Valentine's Day got like a the British fucking, you know, uh, a British mansion for the weekend. So they're like, hey, yeah, let's do it. Although I much rather would have seen the cast of Valentine's Day. I would have been like, oh, Bradley Cooper did it. What? You know, like that would have been much more exciting. Um, yeah. So I'm very disappointed. Um this is really disappointing for me to be completely honest with you because same for some reason I thought it would be maybe maybe it's just knives out set the bar too high I won't enjoy like that kind of who done it again the same way because knives out just improved on a lot of those qualities yeah and that's the thing like it's just I mean like I I, I know how earlier I made the comment about knives out and said like the family really becomes a um, like a like almost like a blob like almost like a force. Mm-hmm. of people um this didn't feel like a force of people it felt like everybody was a force and it was not it didn't work you know yeah because there was no muddled. it said it was a satire um gosser yeah, park I read, I read that after i saw the movie like i looked it up just to see what like what was the critics consensus and it says a, a satire and i'm like I didn't get that at all. Is yeah. it just like the British humor went over my head or something? Yeah, because it didn't work for me, and I didn't find it funny, because it did say it was like a satirical comedy drama. Yeah. And it just kind of felt like people doing shit for two hours and 20 minutes. and Yeah, just wandering through. And yeah. I get I get they were going for like, well, the 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 working class is depended upon by the by the the upper class and like they hear all these secrets and stuff but that just it wasn't there it wasn't there for me <laughs> yeah like you're saying you're explaining it and i'm like yeah it feels like a stretch to even explain it right yeah like when you're explaining it i'm like you're losing me like you know like when this movie was happening it starts off and i'm like okay like i i want to i want i want to get in i want to get i want to see the killing Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Vince Vaughn explaining this. I want to see the killing. I want to see the killing. But uh, I'm in. I'm interested. But I'm okay with waiting for a little bit. Okay? I, I was like, okay, I, I'm I'm willing to wait. Like, 
if we could maybe do the killing within the first hour, though, that would be best. Um, or at least stretch that tension, like have a ton of moments where it's like, oh, he almost died. Or like, oh, is someone sneaking up on him? Like, yeah. if, if you could just stretch it. Yeah, because the only thing that they do is he gets shot in the ear. Yes, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but it's like an hour in and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, fuck's sake, man. Like, It feels shit. more like a tease. Yeah, and then it was almost like, "Hey, is it um, is it trying to make you guess who is going to get mm-hmm. killed?" Well, no, because the fucking okay. Well, two things. One, if if you just saw this movie and you didn't know what it was, there's no like, there's no way you would start this movie and think that it was a who done it because there's no clues that this is a who done it when you first start the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. It feels like a British weekend. Like, that's what it feels like. <laughs> and then... And then... On, <laughs> and, and then on Netflix, it says the patriarch dies. So I know who's going to die. It's not like... Yeah. Is it going to be Kristen Scott Thomas? Is it going to be Ryan Philippi? Who, again, like, what's the fucking deal with that guy? He was, like, <laughs> Scottish. And then he's trying... He's trying to fuck everyone in this movie. Yeah. He's like a horny little shit for this whole movie. Like, the whole time, he's just walking around like, hey, Kristen Scott Thomas, I'll get you a hot glass of milk. Mm." (laughs) He literally, like, like, says that, too. That's not even exaggerating. No, it isn't. (laughs) It's just so stupid. And then he, like, I also had a hard time liking him because he basically, doesn't he grab, like, Kelly McDonald and just start making out with her? Like, Yeah, and then, like, Clive Owen's response is like, hey, man, let's have a drink instead of confronting him about it. Yeah. And that was really frustrating because I'm like, I don't like this. Like, I don't enjoy this. Yeah. No one's going to address this again. And literally someone else saw it, too. Yeah. And then what happens at the end? Oh, somebody pours hot coffee on his, you know, on his groin. That's it. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't really make up for the fact that he, like, tried to rape Kelly McDonald. Yeah. Like genuinely like almost was pretty pretty close to committing a sexual assault. If if not he did, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Basically he, he borderline if any if his like the the best case scenario is borderline he did that. Yeah. Which is best, yeah. bad. At, at least he assaulted her. And yeah, then at least. it would have gone further if Clive Owen hadn't walked in the door. Yeah. Even his response is just super casual like, "Oh, yeah. And then this movie was weird, too, because I'm like, is this going to get super meta? Because it's, I don't know if you noticed, but that scene where he's on top of her, it sounds worse the more that we're saying it. Like, it's just <laughs> when he's on top of her. Yeah. Um, it, like, zooms in on his pants and it says Fox Film. And I was like, I'm, I'm confused now. And then he was with Bob Balaban, who's, like, the filmmaker. Yeah, the, the producer or something yeah. from California. And he was explaining, like, oh, it's like a murder mystery, who done it kind of thing. Like, the patriarch dies. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is this going to get really meta where this is going to, like, turn out to be, like, a movie or some shit? Right. Like, a movie within a movie? And I'm like, because if that's going to happen, like, maybe maybe that would be cool. But, no, it doesn't. It doesn't do any of that. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because, yeah, they were trying to clearly do some meta stuff with that producer character, but the movie is not nearly as self aware as Knives Out. No. Even though Knives Out doesn't have to go all the way and say, like, oh, there's a producer who's making a whodunit. Like, it's just like the movie Knives Out is aware that yeah. we know this trope. We know these tropes. Exactly. Whereas this movie, it's acting like we've never seen a whodunit before. 
Yeah. Like, is someone going to get killed, maybe? <laughs> yeah. And it's so stupid because you're like, just do it already. Just die. Yeah. Just fucking die. And then Stephen Fry comes into this movie as the detective. Of course. Um, You know what I really can't stand about this movie is it feels like there's no investigation. Like, it feels like he dies and nobody talks about it. It seems like they're like, oh, yeah. Wow, he died. That's really a shame. No one liked him. I didn't like him. Did I kill him? No, I didn't kill him. Yeah, I didn't get much investigation. And we also didn't get like the the classic whodunit payoff of like the detective explaining how it was yeah. done and who did it. It just kind of it just kind of ends. Just yeah. like credits roll. Exactly. Like it was <laughs> I'm glad you found out who did it cuz that would be that would really piss me off if you didn't. Yeah. But like it's kind of it's annoying that Stephen Fry comes in. He's like, "I'm going to do the investigation," and then I don't know why I sound like Jason Statham when I said that. I'm going to do the investigation. <laughs> I'm awesome. Stephen Fry. Oh, um, he comes in and he's like, "All right, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go home now." Um, and then Kelly McDonald <laughs> just go. The first two people she sees, she's like, "You did it!" Like, <laughs> you. Hey, Helen Mirren, how's it go? Oh, you did it. Like, I know it was you. Yeah. How? She just went like, huh. She kind of, mm, yeah. She kind of looks murdery. Kind of looks a little murdery. <laughs> I love that. And she goes in, she's like, you did it, didn't you, Clive Owen? And he's like, how did you know? And she was like, I just kind of had a... I was actually, I actually wasn't sure. I just came in and said that to see if you would, like, say anything. I've been going room to room just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would just make it easy for the detectives. I mean, like, I, I don't know why they didn't just do this. Just go, hey, you did it. I didn't do it. I know. I'm just fucking with you. I just, okay. <laughs> you definitely didn't do it. You definitely didn't do it, Richard E. Grant. I'm going to go now. Good job. All right. Good job. It's not always the people. person who doesn't deny it. <laughs> Duh. Exactly. They should have just done that in Knives Out. Daniel Craig should have just went. Chris Evans, you did it. And he went and went, oh, you got me. Because I can't ever uh. lie about that, you know? <laughs> Shit. Ah, oh, fuck. Maybe next time I I kill somebody, I just got to stay away from the police and not like, talk to them. It's like the invention of lying like that. But <laughs> who done it? Oh, yeah. It ends in like five minutes. Yeah. Who did it? Okay, like, we're not fucking around. This is a murder. Oh, fuck. Okay, I did it. You asked Here's the knife. Here's the clothes I was wearing. (laughs) Cuff me. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, fuck. Have fun, Gosford Park. Like, please. I remember somebody saying this movie felt like it kept going and going and going, and that they didn't Mm -hmm. like this movie because of it. Yeah, I get that. It's like running on a treadmill for an hour and 20 minutes. Just like you're, you're moving, but you're staying in one place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, so boring. This movie. What a, what a disappointment. This was. not great. There's definitely a lot better whodunits. Oh yeah. Um, I also have to say every time we say not great or, Oh, this movie is great. Or this person's great. Every time we say that, I want to say great yeah, because our Adam Sandler episode was so long that it's just is so in my head now. We've done more Adam Sandler content than anything else, still. So, oh no, yeah, right. <laughs> we've we've got to unlearn it. <laughs> done three episodes of other things and three episodes of Adam Sandler. Like, oh my god, this is <laughs> crazy. Um, so Badler. <laughs> 
honestly, I feel like Adam Sandler would have made this movie better because it's just he would have walked in and would have just yeah. been like, you know, like, hey, how we doing? You know, and it, was, it would have been so funny if he walked in. Uh, I wish. Yeah, I, I wish. wish. I mean, hey, Emily Watson is in this movie and she was in Punch Drunk Love. So oh. um, it's great. She actually has a personality in this movie. Um, oh, snap. <laughs> Snap PTA, learn how to write a character. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, like uh I don't know. I liked her in this movie, although then again I didn't really like her in this movie. I don't really like anybody in this movie. It's just kind of whatever, you know. Yeah, I kind of mm-hmm. forget. I forgot she was in this until you just brought it up. Yeah. Uh I'm looking up like people right now. I'm like, yeah, I don't remember them in that movie. Uh yeah, this is uh I really don't know what else to say about this movie. It, it, we're getting to a point now where I'm just like, look, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm bored. Like, yeah, definitely skip it. If you, if you were looking for something like Knives Out and you saw this and you're like, oh, murder mystery in a mansion. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's a British weekend. That's the best. Like you described it best. It's a yeah, British weekend. It's a British weekend. Yeah. It, there's no mystery here because it doesn't feel like anybody. It doesn't even feel like Stephen Fry cares who killed him. No. Like he seems like he's like, eh, you know, um, if you if you want a movie like Knives Out, um, I would honestly recommend a movie that's a whodunit, but it's not even any similar to Knives Out. I, I'd recommend Identity by uh, James Mangold mm. um, stars John Great Cusack. Director. And oh yeah, amazing Logan Ford v Ferrari, one of the best. Um, I'd recommend Identity with uh, John Cusack and Ray Liotta, uh, and Amanda Peet. Really fun movie. I watched it actually before we uh, did this episode, and yeah, no, it's, it's so good. Um, mm. And guess what's guess what about that movie? It's only ninety minutes long. It's not two hours and twenty minutes like Thank this sack God. of. British fucking breakfast uh, thing. I don't know. I, I was trying to think of like a breakfast food that British people eat, but I, I couldn't porridge? think of Porridge? That seems like a British word. Porridge. That fucking boring sack of porridge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. If we can learn anything from it, I would say if you're doing a murder mystery um, that's, you know, has, that comes out after Agatha Christie's plays... Have the murder happen in the first 15 minutes at least. Yeah. Or be like Knives Out and just just have the murder already have happened when it opens. Yeah. It's just like, it's murdered. Well, you know you're watching a murder mystery. There was murder. Yeah. And going back to Knives Out a little bit, that is one thing that I really loved about Knives Out is that it actually cuts back to scenes with Christopher Plummer. Right. Where it's like, you know, because at first I was like, that can't be all that he's in. Like, he's not, they didn't get Christopher Plummer to play a dead old guy. Right. You know? But then it starts off with the murder, and they're like, look, we know, he's dead, okay? And you know he was going to die, so we're mm-hmm. just going to make it easy. We're just going to start with that. And then during the investigation, we'll cut back and show you the relationships with the characters. Yeah. So that you know the most. You actually know quite a bit. Yeah, that um, nonlinear style really helps the pacing a lot. Yeah. And and that's the thing too. Like it's not. Um, I wouldn't say the movie is like super non-linear because it's no. just it's just the beginning that's kind of giving you like the 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 breadcrumbs that you need. Um, yeah, basically any time like um, a character talks about their experiences with with um, 
Christopher Plummer's character, you'll get a flashback. Yes. Which is great. It just, it's so simple and easy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't need fucking memento or anything. It's just, no, it's not like Pulp Fiction or some shit or like the the story's out of order, but there's, there's little bits of that and it's, it purely serves the pacing. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, it's great. Um, it's a good, uh, just knives out. Just the more I talk about it, the more I want to sit down and rewatch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good movie. Oh man. Really is. And it's so nice because that movie holds like a special place in my heart too. Because that's you know like when me and my girlfriend started dating, we saw that. So it's it's nice that the movie is one that I actually appreciate now. I'm glad it's not like a lackluster kind of thing where it's like, Ugh, you know. Yeah, you can look back on that movie every time and be like, "There's a fond memory there." Fond memory, yeah. I didn't didn't love it at first, but now I do. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's a relationship I have with that movie. You know. Yeah, it's a it's a growing relationship. It's a growing relationship, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Alrighty. Uh anything else that we can kind of learn from this or um it's a masterclass in pacing and structure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Not a dull moment. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it's like the family channel. Never a dull moment. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the the <laughs> fucked up rich family channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love this movie and uh yeah, like we talked about Gosford Park giving it 10 stars or ranking it out of 10 stars. You would give it five. What would you rate uh, Knives Out? I I hesitate to put a number on a movie this good because I do. I do find it pretty flawless. Yeah. Um, but just just to give it breathing room, I, I'll give it a nine if I can't do a decimal point like eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, e- I'm about the exact same nine yeah at least at least nine um i don't know maybe a 9.1 because michael shannon's so funny but like definitely a nine um yeah just yeah uh and i love that we're the same with knives out as we are for gosford park uh yeah yeah <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad you felt the same because yeah if, if 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 you felt it was good i would need a thorough explanation <laughs> <laughs> same with you i'd be like explain this fucking movie to me all right like what's going on here What's going yeah. on? Oh man! Also, Ryan Felipe's Ryan Philippe's accent, like Scottish accent. I'm like, it's so funny because I'm like, I know he's playing. I know even, even the character isn't really Scottish, right? You know, you did like a better I, one as Shrek. <laughs> Wait, I do a better one? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Seemed like you practiced more. <laughs> hey, man, I I did. Um, I, I tried to at least. Um, if I if I was uh you know to continue doing that um yeah this this movie is uh forgetler fuck's sake forgetler forgetler oh man Alrighty. yeah no i think knives out is a great movie and i definitely recommend it it's on amazon prime right now so if you haven't seen it take a look get it get off your ass and see a great murder mystery Mm -hmm. yeah uh before we end off the episode let's count down our favorite murder mystery movies Okay, so, um, actually, do you want to take away the honorable mentions first? Yeah, would you say that these are, like, shared honorable mentions? Yeah, I agree with all of those. I think almost all of those I could replace my number three. Um, but I'm yep. going to put it, I'm going to put a weird one as my number three just to be weird. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's do that. 
I feel like my list is actually kind of boring, to be completely honest, compared to yours. Yours just got a little more, a little more interesting stuff. But I'm sticking with it. I'm cool. I'm cool. Okay, looking. up to you. Um, <laughs> uh, our honorable mentions are Sea of Love with Al Pacino, really underrated. Um, have you seen Sea of Love? No, I haven't. I've heard of it though. Oh man, it's so good. And nobody talks about it anymore. It's so disappointing that nobody speaks about this movie. But, uh, you know, Al Pacino, Ellen Barkin, John Goodman, uh, mm-hmm. Michael Rooker's in there, too. Richard Jenkins. Really good movie. Uh, highly cast. recommend it. Got Identity, which we just talked about not too long ago. Got a couple of David Fincher movies with Zodiac and Seven. Uh, both really great movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also brought up Christopher Nolan a little bit earlier. with uh, We got Memento and Insomnia here. Insomnia is another great Al Pacino movie. Highly recommend it if you yeah. haven't seen it. And this one was really close to being on my list. It's uh, I'm almost kicking myself that it's not. But um, it, it's right there in number four. I'd even put number 3.5. Uh, the Fugitive. Mm. The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. Really, really great movie. Um, hot, hot Harrison Ford. He is hot. Fucking love that man. <laughs> oh, His earring. Don't get me started. <laughs> Saucy. What is with me today? Oh, man. Uh, anyway. All right. I'll take it away. Oh, yeah. Um, my top three murder mysteries. Again, I'm not that big of a fan of whodunits, but I like when they get weird. So yeah. I've got number three as Saw because it is very much a procedural of a movie. I know it's kind of got its branding as that kind of torture horror yeah, torture porn, whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, that's the word. Torture porn. It's more like that in a lot of ways, but that twist and that mystery is really cool. And that's what I'll always remember about that movie is kind of feeling mind blown at the end. I won't spoil yeah. it, but there's more to it than just torture. I will say that. Oh, yeah. No, especially the first one. I feel like later on, it kind of just became about like the traps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that the first one was just trying to, was actually trying to be something cool. Yeah, definitely. Number two, you got to have Fincher if you're doing a mystery uh, oh. whodunit list. Gone Girl. Oh. I like that one because it's in, like Knives Out. It's like we know the killer. And it's yeah. more watching how the killer covers their tracks and pins it on someone else. Exactly. Or not, well, not the yeah. killer, but like, you know, the, the would-be victim, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. I like how we've been able to relate so many different movies to Knives Out. Like, talked about Gosford Park, like, being similar. But, I mean, like... If you are want to see a movie like Knives Out, check out Gone Girl or Parasite or Identity. Check out one of those. Those are much yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I will say Gone Girl much more serious and gloomy. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's got a lot of smart uh themes about like uh gender and and gender roles and those kinds of expectations that I think are really really worth diving into. Oh yeah. And then my number 1 probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Christmas movie, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's a great it's, one. It's such a blast. It's so I come on, just oh. Shane Black Christmas action movie. Oh, you yeah. can't go wrong. Robert Downey Jr. Val kills Kilmer. it. Yeah, Val Kilmer is hilarious. He's hilarious in this movie. I also love Michelle Monaghan, and I think she's great in this movie. I think it's maybe one of her best. It's maybe her best performances, if not one one of her best. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, it, and this is another thing, too, like, in terms of gender, like you were just talking about. I love in that, uh, in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, how she's, like, the hot girl, but there's more to her than just that, you know? 
There's a few layers to it. Right. You you get introduced to her through a male gaze, right? And then you find out more as it goes on. Mm-hmm. And her her character has a pretty satisfying arc and payoff, I think, at the end there. And yes. the mystery doesn't go the way you think. So it's another one that's a little unconventional. Yeah, no, I remember Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I remember seeing it on TV. Like, I mean, obviously, I remember it. I have it on Blu-ray. I love this movie, but... um. I remember seeing this on TV when I was a kid and being like, what the fuck is this movie? Like, it's got Downey Jr. in this. It's got Val Kilmer. Like, this movie's so... I remember just watching the Batman whole thing. Batman and Iron Man? Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? This thing, this thing is so cool. The coolest movie I'd, I had seen as a kid. And it was like... It's still super underrated to this day. So, um, yeah, no. Check that out. That's a great number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, um, my three are... Um, Two of these are some of my favorite movies, and then one of them is just the classic whodunit movie. Like, just the most, I think, um, like, cookie-cutter whodunit, but not just a bad thing. Like, this is... No. This is um, cookie-cutter with class, I should say. Yeah. My number three is The Usual Suspects. Not really a whodunit, but a great murder mystery type thing. Um telling you this is kind of like the memento almost uh knives out or something like that where it's, mm-hmm. it's telling the story through flashbacks and at the end it all turns out to just be fucking bullshit but i fucking love this movie um yeah th- another movie i saw as a kid and was like this is the coolest movie i've ever seen like this is totally so dope i need to oh man never it's say that one of the word. coolest movies i've ever seen yeah i never say the word dope but um <laughs> you know this is a good fucking movie Number two is that cookie cutter with Klaas. It's Clue. Um, how can you have a whodunit list or murder mystery without Clue? I mean, that's true. It's a classic one, and it's probably like inspired a bunch of uh, other like episodes of TV. I mean, like there's the whole, and then there were none episodes of Family Guy, that two parter. Yeah, uh, all those funny things. There's even a Clue board game that Simpsons themed that I had for a number of years. I don't even know. I might still have it, but. <laughs> Clue is uh, it's probably also one of the best movies that's based off a board game, you know? Yeah, it has to be the only good board game movie, right? <laughs> yeah, like, what else are we comparing it to? Like, fucking... Uh, like, would Jumanji count, even though it's not a real board game? Jumanji, but it's like I don't know, but Battleship, game? it's definitely not oh, not the winner. Yeah, no. 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 You know what I know? I saw a pre-screening of Battleship. Really? Yeah, like, I got, How'd like... How'd you get into that? Probably because it was Battleship. <laughs> and they were like <laughs> they were just like hey man like someone please see this someone please see it just just make make sure we're doing it okay we're doing the right thing and i'm like yeah, you're not doing the right thing i don't need the, the movie to tell you that but um hey man that was peter berg and he went on to do lone survivor and patriots day so respect respect yeah, you gotta start somewhere yeah he also went on to do mile 22 and spencer confidential so Maybe let's get back into the into the deep water horizon there, pal. Let's let's get back into it. Um, but my number one whodunit movie. This is probably in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Um, it is probably my favorite horror movie under Psycho, mm. and that is Scream. Uh, just that's a good choice. Well, yeah, it's, it's also just a really great um, whodunit because it's also a slasher movie. And I mean, fuck, I love slasher movies. Mm-hmm. And I love whodunit. So having both, yes, please. 
Yeah, Please. I think it, it fits within the same camp as Knives Out too, because it's really meta. It assumes the audience knows the slasher genre and knows the tropes. Yeah. It assumes you're a movie fan too, which the, like it's it's great. Exactly. Yeah. This does not. It also is just. It doesn't talk down to you. Like it's like, hey man, you know the ropes. Like we're gonna here to show you a good time. We're not here to here to explain everything to you. You know. Yeah. I mean, like I know Jamie Kennedy does get up and explain the rules of horror movies, but that's more just the character. Yeah, and it's like a meta commentary. A meta thing. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because it's like the character saying, like, look, I know the rules of the horror movie, all right? Like, I know I'm going to get fucking killed if I have sex. So no sex, all right? No, <laughs> That's it's why. Cool. It's cool to be a virgin in this house. Yeah. And it's like, all right, all right. Relax. It's my choice. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But no, definitely, definitely one of the best. Um, definitely my favorite whodunit of all time. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks for listening, folks. You can find us on hawkonmedia.com mainly. We're also on Spotify and Podbean. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Greg and Matt Movie Chat, Twitter, Hawkon Media, YouTube. We're everywhere. Find it all centralized on our website, hawkonmedia.com. Uh, and come back next time to listen to our much anticipated episode, all on Michael Keaton. Yeah. Finally, some good movies. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Holy shit. This was probably the best one so far. True. Um, with Knives Out, which is like really, really, really solid. Um, I'm just I'm just glad we don't have to watch any more Sandler or Kirsten Dunst movies for this next one. No, there's there's very few, if any, genuine duds with Michael Keaton. So that'll be a good episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Alrighty. Thanks for tuning in.